0: The content of the podcast is for information only and doesn't amount to advice or recommendations on which any reliance should be placed. We recommend that you make independent inquiries before taking any action on the back of this podcast. Good day, friends. I'm Scott Reeves and this is Borderless Business with Santander, the podcast for internationally ambitious and internationally experienced UK businesses. It's been a while since we last joined each other hasn't it? Um, Everyone needs a summer holiday and our guests are no exception to that so for those who were missing the best part of their fortnight, um, I'm sure it was, (laughs) then today we're bringing you a fully dedicated special length episode. Now, once again, tackling that elephant in the room, bureaucracy. Now, we touched upon bureaucracy back in episode three, um, where we spoke about uh, the customs declaration forms, um, how to make sense of them, and, and obviously critically, where to get help to complete them that will save you time and save you money as well. Now, today we're covering supply chain challenges and in-market regulatory barriers, and of course, How you can overcome both of them now in this episode we're going to do things just a little bit differently Um, so up until this point we've always kept our discussions to those material solutions that you need to look for and whilst we're still going to do that today we're also going to talk about what can be just as important when faced with these challenges and that's your mindset and for anyone who might be wondering um, where our top um, of the segment shows have gone no need to worry fear not they're going to be returning next episode now, before we get into the main body of the, the discussion today, just as a reminder for the regular listeners and for those of you who are joining us for the very first time, and thanks for joining us if you are, then let me tell you what's in store for you with regards to this series. Essentially, you're going to be hearing about opportunities, you'll hear about challenges, and of course, you'll hear about the solutions that you'll want to be aware of if you want to help your business take the next step on its international growth journey, whatever that step may be. we bring expertise to you and we do that by talking to industry insiders to key government officials and in-market solutions providers in countries all across the globe to understand what you should be thinking about and we also bring experience to you as well and we do that by talking to business owners managers and entrepreneurs here in the UK who may have trodden the same path that you're about to and indeed so they can share their experiences so you can benefit from what they've learned so now that we understand what the show is all about Let's get to the chat. Now we're joined today by Richard Bartlett and he is Managing Director of Export Unlocked, an organisation designed to be a single port of call for businesses who might need hands-on assistance with research, strategy development, export documentation and processes, logistics and even selling and marketing. Now, export Unlocked can provide assistance for any or all of these pieces, and are based here in the UK. In fact, they're in Manchester and London, and they have a team of multilingual staff and long-standing relationships with parties all across the globe that you can benefit from, and that they can help connect you with. Now, Richard himself has worked in logistics for over 26 years and has run his own forwarding business. And until 2016, um, he then set up Export Unlocked. So it's fair to say that he's picked up a thing or two over that last. Uh, little while um, and knows what he's talking about and it's why it's fantastic having him here with us today so Richard you and I have shared our stage on webinars exhibitions and you're often a keynote speaker at international conferences as well but this is the first time that we've actually shared a podcast together so welcome to the show first of many I hope and I hope pleasure isn't all mine <laughs> um, so um, where are you joining us from today um, I always like to ask that and of course being British I always like to ask what's the weather like there
1: so I'm based up in Upper Mill, which is north of Oldham. People probably know it's the old Saddleworth Moors. So it's a, it's actually quite sunny here, which is very unusual, Scott. So it, we're sitting in nice sunshine as we're delivering this uh, this nice podcast today.
0: Oh, lovely. Uh, you know, I had a... I had a um friend from university that was from Oldham um, one of the kind of the proudest people I've ever met in terms of where they come from um, the fact that it's sunny though and that it's not sunny down here in London I'm taking as a, a sign of the apocalypse um, so if yeah. we're here next week I'm just going to take that as a small win <laughs> but thanks very much for joining us now we're going to be talking about um, essentially the theme today is bureaucracy right and we've, we've touched on this um in, in one of the other shows as well but it's such a broad spectrum that this is why i wanted you on is because i i've never heard someone speak with with such authority <laughs> about about such a broad topic before so it was absolutely imperative that i got you on Um, so again thanks very much for joining us now before we get to the meat and the bone today richard um anyone that's a regular listener knows that i need to touch on the santander trade barometer And the trade barometer, for any of those that don't know, is our biannual or twice yearly um, survey of UK business sentiment related specifically to international trade and international growth. Now, the barometer tells us uh, the markets that UK businesses want to grow in. It tells us the markets that they are going to expect to see growth coming from, say, within the next two to three years. And it tells us the challenges that these businesses are experiencing when trying to access the opportunities that those markets have for them and the challenges that they're experiencing in the economy more broadly too it's these findings that allow us to build channels to those markets and to build the solutions that overcome these challenges that they're experiencing and that's what we essentially provide um, in terms of the Santander Navigator and it also provides the foundation for these discussions on borderless business um, now bureaucracy is, is a very broad term Richard um, as you'll know better than anyone um, and in the trade barometer It's constantly been in the top five challenges experienced by UK businesses trying to grow internationally, and it's been in the top five time and time again. When we dig deeper, supply chain pressures bubble up, um, and they currently seem to be one of the key problems right now. And it's been the case since the pandemic and then most certainly uh, immediately after. So where, just from your perspective, um, are the supply chain pressures coming from?
1: Yeah, I mean it's interesting. And what's really interesting with the barometer, obviously is, you know, I keep close to it over that, and that bureaucracy always comes up. But supply yeah. chain actually is is a real it's kind of a broad, broad area that people just automatically think supply chain a container. The supply chain has had real pressure on it. It started obviously with with COVID, as we know, and we we had lots of issues with within China because of obviously the lockdowns with Covid zero Covid and the one thing that we realised particularly on our supply chain is how reliant we were on China it's very evident mm. you know China the UK believe it or not for everybody always surprised people were the sixth global player for imports in the world right huge huge player in the market and we well, was actually fifth um, India's only just overtaken us in the last couple of months so we're a huge consumer driven market and, and that has many effects. It has an effect where we saw real price increases coming into effect, where there were shortages on containers, there were shortages on containers going out. And, and and this has two effects. It has an effect obviously on inflation, because we, we saw containers reaching eighteen to twenty thousand dollars, where normally a customer would normally pay an import normally pay between three and four thousand. So we saw a huge wow. okay. increase there. So when people talk about inflation, this has a huge effect because ultimately that cost, if that's just going into consumer coming into the UK, goes mm. out and driven to the supermarkets, and you get that price increase because obviously it's driven. But also on that, Scott, which I want to talk about and we'll dig deep into, which people don't realize most manufacturing businesses in the UK rely very heavily on the supply chain. And what I mean by that is that they're buying lots of their raw material, parts, etc., from around the world. And mm. what we saw and certainly saw with bureaucracy and obviously with all the changes within the supply chain is really the restraints that caused and i'll give you some examples obviously i'm with businesses every day that, that's part of my job i go around you know making sure helping businesses of trading, etc absolutely and one thing we've found and this is really interesting and this is something that probably we don't mention on the barometer most businesses are working on a supply chain now at the moment where Obviously they need the parts in then to create the products. What happens is they bring the parts in, the raw material, and then they make a part or they make, you know, a car, whatever they're making from that, to to then export it back out. The restraints on that are are giving us lead times at the moment between about four months and 16 months.
0: Wow, okay.
1: So that has a huge effect on the challenges so when you when we'll go into bureaucracy a bit more i'll explain what that means so we're seeing huge challenges there we're seeing challenges in the first couple of years were obviously price driven increases people who are wholesalers retailers etc are just selling onto the open market they're literally buying a product which is now probably a a lot more expensive so that drives up the inflation as, as we've seen Mm-hmm. The, the second part of that is we're seeing on the supply chain for many markets is a real shift within the supply chain. So lots of businesses now, you know, China will always be our key player. There's no question about that. Yes, right. we, we we have U.S., but U.S. have had the same problems. Scott, We've had major issues. I work in the U.S. and we've had mm-hmm. major issues at all the ports. So we've had huge delays. So, again, it drives up costs. So a lot of the costs that are being driven onto the consumer are costs that are being, unfortunately absorbed from the manufacturer or the wholesale, right. or the retail so that's where you see that that price increase secondly where, where we've seen the challenges people have actually started to move the supply chain and in the barometer if you look at it we're certainly seeing that the eu is going to be a major player with the uk i know we've left so we accept we yeah. that but mm-hmm. it's still going to be our number one partner. why is that well first it's close to us but also people are realizing on the supply chain actually they can buy goods and I'll give you an example I had a customer who was buying goods from Vietnam uh, and they service um, uh, Amazon and mainly Amazon in the UK and Amazon in Europe and obviously with Amazon these comes these companies are restricted to a, a two-month window so if they don't have the stock in within a two months they're obviously then charge more money from Amazon or find and they was buying products all the time from Vietnam and they had a container. And unfortunately, the container is still waiting to be shipped. She's paid for the goods, forty thousand dollars. You're uh,
0: joking, paid really? The
1: goods for Seventeen months. So what we had to do there, I was working close, close with this customer. We yeah. actually found a supply in Slovakia. Okay. So now, now we've we've shifted our product, our our kind of you know supply chain to Slovakia. It takes five days to come in, so we've mm-hmm. got that lead time down. Yes, it's a little bit more expensive, but when you work at all the cost. Actually, within the cost Absolutely. of the supply chain, it's a little bit more, but actually it's it's the speed. And they can't afford it. It costs them more money not to have goods in Amazon than actually goods in there, which cost them a bit more money. So we're seeing a real shift of the way the supply chain works. We're seeing companies now moving away. You know, They'll always buy from China, but they're moving into more mainstream areas where it's easier and more accessible to receive goods within a short period of time. So, we're right. seeing that. We're seeing a real shift within the supply chain. But with mm-hmm. that, cost and are move, and now we're seeing that the cost of the containers have, have rapidly dropped. So, we're mm. seeing a huge drop in containers down to the original kind of cost pre COVID, you know, when COVID happened oh, wow. and all, right. re- okay. all, all the challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. So, we're seeing the prices. So, hopefully, we might see that inflation play a role in that because obviously containers are a bit uh-huh. cheaper but on that we then have a shortage of containers as well because there's not uh-huh. as many going out not as many being bought so the supply chain is a re- really it's like a it's a cycle Yeah. and and the real key players within the manufacturing the wholesalers are really having to plan three to eight months in advance that they're working on this you know and I always say to people I always use that analogy you know we should smile about this when you go into a supermarket and you go and buy it, it, the first thing you do well, first thing is, you know, flowers. Oh, I have to think
0: about flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending, depending on how your yeah. week's gone anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, what apologies you have to make, there. yeah.
1: And then because I'm sad and I look at the supply chain, I'm looking uh-huh. at all the food, and all this food's coming in from all over the world. Now, you imagine, like, you know, your Morrisons, your Asdas, your Tescos and all that, the, 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 what they have to do in planning from the supply chain to get them goods. And you saw recently, Goods were on the shelf because they had a real Mm. shortage. They they kept it very quiet, obviously, because they didn't want to have a concern. But mainly when we're talking about exporters, these are the challenges for an exporter. Exporters in the UK have a a fantastic opportunity. And we'll talk a little bit about this when we talk about bureaucracy. There's great Mm. opportunities there. The challenges they're having at the moment, that supply chain is making sure they're getting goods in. So they're starting to now look shorter. They're looking maybe homebound, maybe UK. But as we know, we are more of a... And this is what... People don't understand we are much more of a consumer driven market in the UK, much more importer than we are exporter. So we're relying heavily on them containers, you know, transport yeah. coming from reaching into the UK.
0: Right okay I mean I, like that's there's so much to unpack there Richard I mean so I had no idea <laughs> shipping costs were moving um, down like below pre-Covid levels which is fantastic however like you said it swings and roundabouts then yeah. given the fact that the amount of containers is, is a lot lower so obviously we're still going to see a bit of supply and demand playing a factor in the pricing there too um, the, the China piece, really interesting that you bring that up and and so phenomenal that like you're so close to the barometer as, as we know that you are. I mean, um, recently I was uh, digging a little bit deep on the, the China piece as well. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I found that about 12%, I think, of businesses um, from the UK anyway, um, are looking to move away from China entirely um, with about 47% um, looking to at least partially move away from China. But like you said, I mean, you can't move away from it Completely. Yes, 12% we want to, but how successful are they going to be doing that? Not too sure. Um, just given the infrastructure that, that China has, etc. cetera. Um, and I mean, in terms of the length or the wait time as well that it's taking just to, to, to ship these goods. I mean 17 months no idea 17 months and then you think you factor in all the costs of kind of like storing those goods at certain points etc yeah i mean it's it's a bit eye-watering but it's it's nice to see that obviously there are solutions coming to the fore that you know there are positives out there so i mean I always like to end on a positive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, regardless, I mean, regardless, I mean, regardless of what it is. Yeah, completely. So I'm glad that you that you did bring that out there. Yeah. Um, with regards to the Slovakia solution. I mean, that that's ingenious. Um, completely yeah. ingenious. So just coming back then to um the the shipping piece that, that you just mentioned there with costs coming down. Um, I mean, that's great, it's fantastic. Um, are the reasons for those costs coming down then purely logistical, or there are there other things that are happening there too?
1: I think lots of things happen within that, within that supply chain obviously you know the price is driven and we know the container or the shipping lines have obviously made a lot of money
0: as Mm -hmm. we've
1: said over over the last couple of years and you know we we don't control that but yeah i think i think less demand you see there's less demand because obviously you know people are now like you say outsourcing they're looking at other areas where they can buy products from you know what's really interesting in all this and it always amazes me from, from somebody i'm very fortunate because obviously been in logistics for so many years and running my own logistics business for twenty odd years. Obviously, mm. I'm still, but I'm looking. I'm looking in rather than looking right. with you know uh, the challenges. I'm just looking at, and it's amazing, Scott. And this always amazes me that I have customers, and only last week I was with a customer who has a lead time of fifteen months, and people are still ordering the products. You know, I was really shocked at that that, the, that some of these yeah. lead times are, are just absolutely incredible. And you know, I think sometimes. As a consumer, when we're going in, things that it's a great excuse, and ah, it's the you know, it's it's not coming. Ah, uh, yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. You
1: know, but and, some and, kind of. And, yeah. and, and and you know what's really clear in all this, the barometer really tells us very very clearly. And I've said this. I know I have one. I know I must bore you all silly in, in some time. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> never, never.
0: I'm always yeah. wide awake. <laughs> yeah,
1: I go on and on about this, but you know, it's that understanding of the international markets, that training that. Yeah. You know that confidence to go out there because you know you know don't listen to the nonsense that we're every day that the uk or we've left brexit blah, blah blah we're seeing massive increases in exports around the world you know i've worked around the world i've been very fortunate to work around the world i've worked you know in different countries you know and uk is still classed as a number one market for quality communication right. you know very easy to deal with. A very easy market to deal with the UK. So people should look at this not in negative. They should look at it in positives. So if you have a product that you're selling at the moment to one market in Spain or Italy or France, well, why can't you sell that anywhere around the world?
0: Right. There's no right. reason.
1: Yes, you might have some you might have some challenges because mm-hmm. you might not be able to sell that product. To, but if you've got one market, you could open it up into six, seven, eight markets. And this is where that barometer really identifies them opportunities. I think.
0: Yeah, no, you're so right as well. I mean, the confidence issue has always been there, I think, um, especially for UK exporters, hasn't it? And then, especially post Brexit, that confidence has been knocked even more so. And, you know, I mean, I've spoken to businesses that have completely, fully retrenched into the UK, simply because, you know, the EU is their only export market. And now they think, well, if, if the EU is that complex, every other market is, is going to be that complex. But A, no not every other market is as complex as trading to the EU now but b once you get to grips with the new kind of regulations with new requirements trade with the EU doesn't need to be that complex you know it just you just need to learn a little bit more um, and understand exactly what the requirements are now and then you know it might be that trade might cost you a little bit more than it used to however it still provides you with an opportunity of growth that far outweighs the cost so I just, yeah. you're absolutely right I'm so glad that you brought that out too Sometimes confidence um is key in order yeah. and you know taking risk as well and yeah. understanding there's yeah. always a risk, you know, to, yeah. to to doing business internationally. And and sometimes the the risk, you know, is out, outside of your hands. But moving on uh from the supply chain. I said at the top of the show, Richard, um, that we touch upon bureaucracy and that it was a really broad term and that a lot can sit underneath it. Um it is, however, always lasted in those top five challenges, um, like I'd mentioned um for UK businesses when they're when they're looking to grow internationally. So from what you deal with day to day then, um so we can just lean on your perspective, what do businesses mean when they say bureaucracy is a challenge for them?
1: Yeah, I mean bureaucracy it's one of them kind of it's one of them things, first of all we can't spell it.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> I'm glad you said that. many yeah.
0: times I've I've tried that like this week it's always B A U for me for some yeah, weird reasons. Yeah, it, it's
1: part of me. It, unfortunately, it's part of my life of talking about bureaucracy, but trying to spell it everybody is always a challenge. And and yeah. as it's and just think of this: as you spell it, it's the same thing. You overcomplicate it. So oh, think of that. Right, yeah. Bureaucracy is overcomplicated. All bureaucracy means is that making sure that when you enter the market or because and people say always oh, red tape. There's red tape there because when you you know people have to remember Scott that when the UK left to the EU, we become a standalone country on our own. And within mm-hmm. that, there's challenges then. So when our good friends in the EU and I'm still working in the EU, and I was at a conference last week, customs conference, uh, which was talking actually about bureaucracy And actually, for everybody here today, actually, the UK is leading the way when it comes to customs. You know, and I know, uh, I think John Cowell's involved with the uh, the international side on the digital side of mm-hmm. uh, the UK, you know this is the difference when you when you're a country on your own you can make decisions and change things when you're in a group of 27 you're waiting for 27 different partners to absolutely so that's 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 one thing it's probably another day for another topic so it was interesting to listen to to many countries talking about uh, the challenges of customs worldwide and particularly in europe Uh, yeah about bureaucracy all it is is making sure that from a bureaucracy that let's talk about medic let's talk Medical device. So we, we have a medical okay. device that we have sent around into Europe for every day. You know, we're, we're a young business of 15 years old and we've never experienced the UK not being part of the EU. And all yeah. of a sudden we've, we've been sending our goods and we have distributors. So we we have 10 distributors based in Europe and we're sending our goods to them under the medical device and they're then selling them goods as a distributor on our behalf. Great. And it's all worked nice. And now all of a sudden we leave obviously the EU and the U- UK is now a third country on its own. So we're now mm-hmm. all within that and the EU, because it does it all around the world, there's challenges there and all of a sudden that medical person who's sending them goods can't necessarily send the goods without having a representation based in Europe, because obviously if anything happens to that medical product, obviously they need to be able to go to somebody within the EU, they can't come back to somebody in the UK. There's markings on there. Obviously, we use CE marking. Obviously, that's going to change. Obviously, we're going to be changing CE marking. Okay. And there's lots of challenges within that. Medical devices, we found out just recently when we talk about bureaucracy, we had a client who was shipping many goods into Italy. When the goods arrived in Italy, they it were taking 10 to 15 days to clear. But nobody couldn't understand why they were taking so long. And actually, mm. it was a US-based company who, who could have made a decision and said, you know what? This is ridiculous. We're going to change and move that into Europe. And when we studied on looked into it would it, it, it turned out that the because it was a US product and a US company, under the FDA agreement in two thousand and fourteen, there was an agreement between uh US and Italy and EU about certain devices that it had to come with a conformity certificate. Right, okay. One. It only came to effect when all of a sudden now Brexit's happened and all of a sudden things need to be checked when they arrive ah, at home. So when okay. we talk so for that customer, it was a nightmare and it was that screaming at the you know the the they were using carriers and they were screaming at the carriers saying you're not doing it and carriers were saying well you know they won't release it we can't deliver absolutely we're we're waiting and you know once you find the solution and now we found the solution and now the carrier that's taking three days so all of a sudden from an exporter you think of bureaucracy that is your first point you think you know what scott i'm not going to export anymore (laughs) yeah it's too hard it's not too hard you just got to understand And what we found certainly within the UK, and and I'm sure people listening to our podcast, I'm sure we'll all agree, there's been a real lack of knowledge in international trade. We've kind of Mm -hmm. we've moved goods and our freight forward and our carriers looked after after that. But actually, it's been a challenge now to the freight forwarder and also the carrier. It's been a learning process for them because we've had so many changes. We've had computer changes from obviously the chief system to CDS. We've got all other Avenues where there's challenges. So bureaucracy means paperwork, it means challenges at borders. So when you're sending your goods to France, at the end of the day, if you if you think of Little Britain with his computer and he says computer says no, then <laughs> yeah. if you don't have the correct information. The computer can only accept what you give it.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: But when it arrives at a border, you haven't correctly filled in your commercial documentation, you haven't sent the correct documents. What's going to happen with your goods? They're going to stay at border, they're mm-hmm. going to get stuck. So what you've got to do is understand that market. And we call uh, it's quite a funny story. Scott, when when I was working in Ireland for, for two years, when obviously when I was uh, with Trade Ireland out there and I was working on the board of uh, controls uh, for for EU side from uh, north to the south. Oh,
0: yeah. and my
1: partner, my business partner, uh, Tom, was based in the south. And Tom was uh, heavily involved. He was he was heavily involved. He was head of customs in, in Ireland for many years. He's retired. Mm-hmm. And he used to drive me nuts, Scott. He used to drive me absolutely insane for two years, he used to go on and on and on. we will be having a pint about his SOPs, Standard Operations Procedures, Richard. Standard Operations Procedures. <laughs> Honestly, I used to go to bed at night with this SOP stuck in my head. No nice green really <laughs> SOPs in my head. And actually, right. and it is so right what Tom used to do. And I've introduced that recently in the last few years. Companies, you know, if you're sending your goods and you've got somebody sending your goods to and you know, there's an issue there and you know what the issue is and you resolved it or we'll put it in an SOP. So okay. when you do the next shipment, the shipment then knows what it needs to do and it clears. But if you don't, then what's happening? Scott? We've got a real lack of, of not under, you know, it's that kind of yeah. the bureaucracy causes a lot of issues because, you you know, you, get, you resolve it, and you think, thank God I've resolved it, but you don't actually resolve it because it happens time and time again.
0: Because, Every single time, right?
1: yeah. Yeah, because, and we talk about that SOPs putting that in place. So, bureaucracy is more about that red tape. And also, when you think about you've got companies now that have to do certain labeling and all these kind of issues, which mm-hmm. we know, obviously, people within our teams can, can advise on that. So, there's lots of labeling challenges there. Uh, yeah. You should never put anybody off. Bureaucracy is just a word that it says that. Do you understand that when you're selling to Spain, there could mm-hmm. be issues there? And when you talk about, and we'll talk about Europe in general because we know worldwide. But if you think of Europe as 27 state member, everybody looks at Europe as one European country. We look yeah. at as one. But it is not. Right. It is individual countries within that 27 or 26 state membership. So, and I'll give you an example at Lithuania. Lithuania, I'm working heavily in Lithuania. We've got a lot of challenges in Lithuania at the moment because a lot of businesses here in the UK on the bureaucracy when they put in the statement on the invoice that it's a UK origin, them mm-hmm. goods moving into Lithuania, the importer doesn't pay any duty because obviously on the statement. What's happening right. now? In Lithuania, a new challenge now, and it's a new EU. Kind of directive, which a lot of uh, countries are doing now within the EU, they're now checking with HMRC to clarify that them goods are definitely for UK origin. I see. So they get a letter, then an email coming back saying, "You know, do you qualify? Please provide us with, you know, how you've made your products to UK origin." Yeah. People should think about that. You just all you're doing is telling them how you've created the products to UK origin and supplies declaration. You send the supplies declaration, the importer then happy days, the uh-huh. goods move. And that's one of the challenges so that's another bureaucracy which is now a big challenge where people are being questioned because under the digital world of uh, 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 transport and international trade which is great i think it also creates a lot of challenges within that scott yeah because the challenges i see and uh, make sure John doesn't listen to this.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll distract him with something else, yeah, don't we? We'll yeah. Distract, yeah.
1: So the challenges I've seen, I've, and I've been harping on, and again, I think I'm boring everybody with this, is that when you live in a digital world, and this is very clear for any exporter or importer, you've got to make sure that your documents and everything's correct. Because if it's not, and it's going in a digital world, that computer, as soon as it says no, it says yeah. no. There's nobody idea. there actually looking at it and challenging and, and questioning it. So, mm-hmm. you know, digital trade is great, but I think we probably need, we're probably very in the early state. I understand why we're doing it, don't get me wrong. We're going to be one of the countries that are going to be at the forefront of this. And actually EU yeah. are quite jealous of what we're trying to achieve here in the UK. But I think we've got to mm-hmm. get that right. And that's another point of bureaucracy. What's happening, Scott, when we talk about bureaucracy, the goalposts are changing every few months for, for an exporter. And what happens there right. is the exporter then Either says, you know what, this is too much hard work. We're going to concentrate on the UK market. You know, mm-hmm. please don't do that. You know, yeah. understand the challenges. Get the advice. There's plenty of good people who can give you that advice and and hold your hand through that challenge. And once you understand that challenge, get the system in place, and you can carry on doing that. There's lots of freight companies and lots of logistics out there that can support you on that journey. And I'm, you know, you know me. I'm a great believer that we should be exporting a lot more than we are here Absolutely, in the UK. Absolutely, we are. Yeah, we are a completely. Manufacturing always amazes me. I think the latest study figures. I think the UK was number nine, manufacturing mm. the world. which I, I'm always amazed at. I'm always yep. thinking, is it nine? Are we really that big on manufacturing? <laughs> but, but, but we are, and, and right. we have to take advantage of that. And bureaucracy. all bureaucracy is. On a wider term, it's were where there's challenges under the red tape is when you're delivering goods like you do in the UK you know you yeah. walk across a line it's got a yellow line or you can't walk on that because it's like you know
0: that's absolutely what yeah. it
1: says it's, we call it beoxy and that's all beoxy so on a wider term all it is is making sure from from the documentation from the challenges customs all these play a major mm-hmm. role please if you are exporting don't just carry on an exporting and and, and leave it as you're doing it because you will come against challenges because there are so many changes plastic tax has been introduced in Spain you know if you do exports in Spain you're not aware that that's another challenge that when your goods arrive into the Spanish authorities they're going to stop the goods because they want to see what taxes you're going to be paying on Spanish tax we know there's certain labeling on certain products when it's going into into the EU so there's lots of challenges there so yeah bureaucracy is a mm-hmm. wide escape but all it means is that it's make it's just the challenges of exporting and when you're uh, entering into a new market in a different country that it's different rules, different communication, yeah. different understanding, you've just got to work with them.
0: And you just need to adhere to them. So essentially it's just, it's, it's the requirements for the documentation that allows you to ship your goods into the country seamlessly, basically. Yes. But yeah. the bureaucracy piece is just the challenges that you may come up against when you try to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <and laughs> that's that's fantastic. Um, it's great. You know,
1: we know yeah. you know, we see that on the barometer. You know, I look at it closely, the barometer. Yep. We see bureaucracy is always that biggest challenge. You mm-hmm. know, do not see that. Anybody listening today, please, you know, overcome that. Yes, you may have had challenges in the past and it may have put you off, but it should never, you know, sometimes it it's just that understanding in the market and having the, the right people who can advise you. Hopefully, yeah. can you you know, set you off in your new challenges in your export challenge and exporting.
0: Absolutely, and I mean, this is why international trade is is so crucial as well, Richard, and why you're so passionate about it, and you know why why you try and ensure that UK businesses do trade seamlessly um, with the rest of the world it's because of the benefits that it brings to all of us right so I mean as the business grows internationally they employ more people here in the UK as they employ more people here in the UK there's more income for those people as consumers there's more income um, being spent on other products both here in the UK but across the world as well and then you know it's just it's a seamless kind of benefit I say seamless um, quite a lot but you know it's a network effect essentially exactly. Um, and like you said we've, we do punch above our weight in quite a lot of areas and we forget about that and like we touched on earlier on, it, the confidence is an issue. But you did bring out quite another kind of important aspect there, which is understanding and its and its knowledge, right? Now, confidence, I suppose, can be more difficult to tackle because it's more of a subjective kind of thing for everybody. Whereas knowledge and understanding can absolutely be tackled in an objective way, right? Um,
1: absolutely, and you know, let's be very clear: a business at the end of the day just wants to sell its goods. It wants yeah. to sell its goods for me to be. Ultimately, okay, right. that's what I want to do, and you have to yeah. accept that. You you know you know the, the 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 challenges is is and and I do. I would uh, say, in the last three months, I've done mainly everyday training workshops, live training mm-hmm. workshops. You know, and the amount of businesses that I'm training who have got a real and I won't say a lack of knowledge, it's that understanding. Scott, I see. You know, what do I need to do, Richard? How do I do this? And we're seeing that, and then I get some people in. You know, I had. Just recently, and I'll just quickly touch on this. I was doing a, a live course, a three-day live course for this Liverpool Regeneration we do. And we had a, a company that joined us, and it was a lady who joined us, a youngish lady. And honestly, if you could put that lady in every company in the UK, every <laughs> company, and assure you 100%, they would know exactly how to ship the goods. She knew it inside out. It's great to see. and it's Fantastic a, it's a, to a, see, yeah. She had a fantastic knowledge. And, you know, there was 15 different businesses on that course. And her uh, her knowledge was just incredible, and because the company had realised and invested in her to get the training and get the knowledge, and and she right. was confident now that she had the knowledge, and she was telling me that you know, you know the amount of challenges, you know she was she was explaining even from the customs, and I say this all the time, the amount of cost companies pay mm. for things that are mistaken, or and when we do customs audits, as you know, through, um, which we you know we push a lot. amount of money that people are spending scott on on not on bureaucracy but on on added costs because they don't have an understanding and i'll give you a little bit of an example there so i'm working you know i do a lot of report checkings data checking for companies and i had a particular company that i was i was just checking and this was costs coming in and i questioned and i said why why are you paying why are you paying all this duty to to the freight forwarder and why is the preference on some of them? And what I mean, everybody, by preference is the goods that come under, under the EU trade deal with the UK, and if they've got a REX number over 6,000, they can claim preferential duty rate at zero. So yeah. they've been in. but whoever's doing the customs, this is where there's a big challenge. So whoever's doing the customs for them has put the wrong preference in. And that ultimately means that instead of paying 0 the same paying 6% duty. So wow. Yeah, okay shipments, 10 had all been correct, all been, mm-hmm. you know, no duty on it, just VAT, yep. which either on the, the deferred account or we have postponed VAT here in the UK. Mm-hmm. But the pay six, which amounted to £4,800. Ah, so I question right. I said, have you paid it? Yes, we yeah. paid. Well, why have you paid it? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about cost and supply chain and everything else, there's a real lack of knowledge of people when they're checking things or understanding that actually a lot of companies hemorrhage a lot of cost.
0: Which they don't needlessly have... yeah,
1: yeah you know and, and that was really hot. and i was like you know that this lady she checks everything she goes through and she gets rebates back off see if it's wrong because obviously trying to get off the folder so i think not just on exports imports, wow. into i think international trade in general and it's a fun you know international trade is mm-hmm. fantastic you know there's a real lack of understanding and knowledge and this is why we say Lots of business should invest a little bit more time in 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 the stuff because most people who come on the courses are really knowledgeable, Scott. They have yeah. really good knowledge of the products and everything. They're just unsure of what they need to be doing, mm. and going on the courses really gives them that confidence. Say, you know what, we're actually doing everything right. And like, what you tend to find is somebody says to me, "It gets stopped." I get an email from the hall. They tell me to send this document. I don't know why I send it. I just send it, right. And and we try to you <laughs> okay. know we try to, well actually you need to understand
0: mm. why you're
1: that and if they're well, saying
0: it's well this is it because if it, it changes course. then exactly. you know do you know what you need to change it to and yeah. how is that going to impact you yeah absolutely yeah. yeah
1: so yeah you you know so we're certainly seeing that and like I say, I've been you know I've done more courses and, and online courses and live courses you know mm-hmm. probably not well no probably not but obviously as you can see with uh, I'm not obviously fighting fit as you can see Scott.
0: <laughs> again, no, again, I told you Richard's a good liar. Um, all I can see, I mean Sylvester Stallone would be sweating if he was next to you, Richard.
1: People should see international as fun, Scott. You know, yeah. we should we should you know we shouldn't be so serious about international trade. The UK are, are doing whatever they can. You know, I'm not convinced some things, but that's just my own personal my own personal opinion. But you know, yeah. there are great opportunities out there. You know, I right. worked in Qatar working in Qatar, you know, the UK, and I was shocked at this staying in a, in a hotel. I was looking, I know it's sad everybody, I was looking and it was like UK, UK baths, UK like mm. and I'm at, and when I did doing the studies with it, it was a major bank out there, so it wasn't Santander, Scott. Um it's
0: fine. We can forgive you for that, Richard. Yeah, yeah, fine. Everybody like, sends in some manner it means, you know <laughs>
1: yeah. and, and it was amazing that the UK up until about two thousand and seventeen was the number one market for Qatar wow. Right. Well, do we see that promoted? No,
0: nope, not at all. No.
1: You know, and, and 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 Qatar said the UK is a real driven market they want to deal more and more with. And and I think that's the challenge for a lot of businesses. It's where do you go? Where, yeah. where are the challenges? And I think, obviously, coming onto platforms where they can see where there's opportunities are, Um Sometimes I always, I always question, Scott, that, you know, in my many years of doing this for many years, is that, you know, I always forget that Santander and actually a bank. I forget because people say, and they go, well, that's a banker. So, honestly, the amount of things that this, you know, and I'm not plugging Santander, I'm just being honest with you. The amount of things they're trying to do for international trade is just incredible. And there's so many opportunities there. And, you know, and there's some key people, as we've mm-hmm. noticed over this journey we've all had in the last few years, uh, that can help businesses. And, and businesses should not be frightened about exporting. Yeah, things go wrong. You know what? Happens. There's always challenges there, but don't let it put you off. If you've got a product and you're selling in the UK and you're selling and you're selling on Amazon or anything, well, why can't you sell that around the world? There's no reason yeah. at all. Just understand the key things. Understand what you're labelling, your bureaucracy. You know, I've been working with a beauty, a beautician, um, a beauty product company actually based in Ireland, and uh, they're right. buying a from Switzerland into Ireland, and then the the, the suppliers a brand new. product. it's very good actually. I mean, obviously it's not working, but uh, it's a right. very good product. Um, But they've gone through all they've invested in all the labeling and everything. right? So now they're in a great position and I'm obviously helping them with the bureaucracy and the the chart, the fate and everything else when it comes to documentation. But they're starting to see now they've had 16 new customers in a space of what, two months? Yes, it's a product that is very obviously people want. But it just shows you if you just invest that little bit of money in getting things right, Trust me, you will make a lot of money over the long term. And certainly when we look at mm-hmm. challenges for imports and exports, it's massive. Just quickly, what happens? We call it the jigsaw effect, Scott. Okay. I kind of of think um, I know users. where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. So we call it uh, supply chain is a jigsaw within the team, because what you tend to find in, in, the, in large companies or SMEs, you have about four different departments looking after that international trade and right. in that international trade they're all doing a fabulous job the trouble is nobody knows what each other's doing what okay. happens so this is where you get a lot of bureaucracy because what happens then it, it, it then gets passed down to the shipping department or mm-hmm. the export department and they're the last point of that agreement so everything's already been agreed they've then got to unravel all them problems what's already been agreed down that chain everybody knows within the chain what they should be doing and it yeah. makes it a lot easier and, you know, we always say that somebody walks past and not they're not the jigsaw, all the pieces are all over the place. That's the same in a lot of companies. It's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's mm-hmm. just that different departments within it are doing different things that they're not puddling it together. And if you pull it together, you'll find a lot of businesses will be more successful without the bureaucracy.
0: Yeah. OK. I mean, it makes complete sense as well. Like the amount of drag, the amount of cost as well at each piece if they don't know what the other is doing, duplication. Yes. um yeah. It could also be that something's missed as well because somebody automatically assumes that somebody else has done it, et cetera, yeah. completely. And thanks very much for the plug as well. We always appreciate that. I'll <laughs> well, just be um, honest with you, but, yeah, tell you, Oh, absolutely. And again, but thanks very much. But I mean, um you touched on some of the support that the export Unlock to do. and and obviously, that's why we wanted you here, and that's why we work with you so closely as well is because of the fantastic support um that you can provide. Um, and I just wanted to to see if you'd be okay just to to tell the listeners just a little bit about that. What can export unlock provide them um in terms of overcoming all of the issues that we've spoken about today?
1: yeah, I mean, we 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 have a whole level of different ranges of what we do. So, so we do a lot of training. Me, I work for a lot of chambers, et cetera, as well. So I'm doing lots of training for different chambers. We do a lot of them. We've done a deal, obviously, with Santander, where we're going to be offering a whole range of, of courses from next month where people can jump on and get a bit of an understanding. Uh, and we're going to be doing that alongside with BCC, the BCC, the chamber, so they can get accreditation, yep. which is great. Um, obviously, they'll do after a little assessment, they're really good fun for people. If people really want to uh, join us. And, and I think depending on if they're part of the navigator, um got to get different levels and different costs so i mean there's some Mm -hmm. real advantages there i would say from our point it's that first point of contact you know i've i've been doing so many um going into businesses and supporting them and normally what happens is you get a phone call and somebody wants to export into a new market and they they start that journey but actually the first point of contact is if, if we're that kind of the help desk side they phone us and say look we're looking at exporting what, mm-hmm. about, well, what are you going to export to? And then you say, right, what for your greeting concerns? And you know straight away, Scott, within about six questions, you know what the answer is going to be. You know what answer you're going to give because it's the same for everybody. So we, we've introduced a new help desk um, right. where people can sign up on a monthly uh, basis. It's very competitively priced. Uh, they get up to an hour's worth of it uh, uh, where they can send an email and we'll answer you within 30 minutes in most cases, unless it's very complex, we need to have a look at it. Uh, but we'll send a full report back on an email. One of the key ones, I think, which has been our real driven one is our our new app. Um, right. So we created a, um, a customs and supply chain health check. So we go into a business, we do a whole check on all the business, on, on supply chain, uh, bureaucracy, documentation, customs. We do a whole check and we see at what level that business is at. And in some cases, and this is what you find, we're really driven now in the UK where people are fighting to get a customs audit, you know, customs coming and do a check. And we're yeah. really, really the, the people before that where well, we'll go in and we'll look at you, we'll look at the business and we'll say, actually, 60% of your business you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. 40% is the key areas you need to really think about, you know, you, you know, right. from a customs point, from a challenge new your income term. And we look at that and then we drive them to concentrate on the areas they should be driving or not concentrate on areas that they're doing well on. So you, you might find some businesses doing 90% correct, 10% wrong. So unfortunately, some businesses are doing 90% wrong, but at mm. least they know the challenges that they're in. And we, we sit down with them, we spend four hours with the, all the different departments, go yep. through everything. We try and put that jigsaw together. So that's been a real uh, that's been a real success for export and we're working on a new one where they'll actually be able to do a self-assessment themselves uh, but yeah. that'll be up and ready we've been working very extensively on that so people have to be able to do their own assessment and then we spend an hour with them and go through right. the assessment they've done themselves or they can have a, a visit uh, and it's really important that people should get that bit of just even if they want an hour
0: oh, just absolutely. to get that bit
1: of you know most companies have got huge challenges. And they're not mm-hmm. challenging they should be facing themselves. They need to share that and not be frightened. And like I said, we're doing an extensive range of training. Yeah. And I think we're the key part of that. Because once you've we always say we're the first point of somebody coming. Get that right, then move yeah. on to your logistics, move on to everything else. We've got extensive knowledge in the logistics market. I'm a customs trainer. As you mm-hmm. know, Scott, so I can look Absolutely. at system, see what they're doing, what the couriers are doing. Couriers, notoriously, have, do a fantastic job. And logistics do a fantastic job but they make mistakes as well right and you've got to make sure that if there's a mistake made it's on you as the exporter, the input and be able market.
0: to fix it quickly mm. yeah
1: well again we, we we look at all that so so really we're there, we're kind of that first part of holding somebody's hand and Absolutely. taking them through getting them ready for that journey because once you get that right mm-hmm. the, the world's ice the system there's so many opportunities out there because they're not afraid to for any challenges
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. And I mean, listen, I just I still don't even think that everything that you've just said there does justice to to what you guys do, what you guys can provide. I mean, you go from courses that are quite um, ubiquitous, that are quite kind of general in nature to exactly the type of requirements that I um, see from businesses that are quite complex, right? They want specific bespoke advice, specific bespoke guidance on how to overcome certain pieces in their business. And sometimes you have those business- businesses that don't even know um, where the the issues lie right and when you can take um, a business from A to Z all the way through look at each department say right this is what you need to do this what you need to do I don't think there's anybody else out there that does that and this is why you know you're so invaluable um, as as a partner and as a provider for us as well Um, so yeah thank you so much um, for for joining us today I mean I've I've just noticed um, the time as well and like I think you and I are both really bad for this we can talk until uh, the cows come home um, Well, I can talk a glass eye to sleep, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to steal that and I'm going to give you no credit for it, if that's okay. Yeah, I know. I'll notice that on the thing. I'll be if everybody just remember
1: that because I won't it'll be Scott's punchline
0: (laughs) absolutely and Richard will be getting absolutely no royalties for it whatsoever um but yeah once again just thanks so much for for joining us Richard I mean for anybody that um wants to reach out to Richard and to the team um you can find them on Santander Navigator so I encourage everybody to get logged in and type in export unlocked and you'll be taken to the provider page and you can see all the various things that they are offering not only through Santander Navigator Navigator but also um, that they offer outside of that as well but obviously if you come via Santander Navigator um, depending on the packages that you have um, you may be able to um, be a recipient of a discount shall we say um, as well and that everybody absolutely but
1: actually no please use that Navigator we've done a a, we've been working on this for a long long time for over three years of of work in progress come to us, get them discounts that you're entitled to, and then we can push you back into it and get that that real journey of your export market, which will give you some great opportunities. So, so yeah, thanks, Scott. Thanks for allowing me to join you today. It's always a pleasure.
0: No, absolutely, and it's never, ever a chore um, as well, Richard, and obviously we spoke a little bit about um, some of the things that you've been working on, so we will get you back on again to to dive into that a little bit more detail, um, I know I want to anyway. Um, so thank you so much, and listen, you enjoy the rest of your day, whatever that may entail, And know it's going to be busy as it always is for you, um, but once again, thanks very much. Yeah, you're welcome, thanks Scott been an absolute pleasure having Richard on with us today and as I said he will be joining us in a few episodes time so make sure you don't miss those either. And it's also been a joy for me to be back with all of you again too and I will hopefully you feel the same way as well. Before I get back to your busy day however as usual please make sure if you haven't already to like to share and to subscribe to Borderless Business with Santander, whether that be via Spotify or whether it be via Apple Podcasts. Not only will it mean that you'll never miss an episode, you'll also be able to share it with your colleagues, you'll be able to share it with your peers too, and even family members that you actually like. And it also means that we can continue bringing you great quality guests um, and an ever-increasing quality show. Now, finally, the last thing I wanted to address as well is if you own, or if you manage, or if you're a member of a UK business that is ambitious or experienced when it comes to international growth, I do encourage you to type in Santander Navigator in your Google machine and sign up. The process is quick and simple, and you can choose the package that suits your needs. We have the Explore tier for those that are ready to identify which markets are best for them. We have the Prepare tier for those ready to begin the prep work to be regularly compliant um, when they're looking to trade to a specific market. And we have the Grow tier for those ready to meet buyers and ship their orders. Now, whilst the platform is a subscription service, some tiers are free and normally paid for tiers could be free also if you're a Santander banking client or if you tell them that you were sent here by the podcast at sign up. So. All that being said, once again, it's that time to bid you adieu and make sure to join us on the next episode of Borderless Business with Santander. Farewell, friends.